Three, two. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 111 of the Citrix Session. I'm your host, Andy Whiteside. We've got Bill Sutton back with us. Bill, uh, and it all runs together. You were here last week or not here last week? I've... I was not here last week. Okay, then I'm not making it up. Welcome back. You're not making it up. Thank you. Yep. Been away for a little while, but nice to be back. Yep. A uh, little vacation, a little family stuff. Good to, good to have you back. Uh, Todd Smith, the uh, director of sales engineering for Citrix in Canada, eh? As of sometime last week. As of as of last week, yes, yes. So I need to uh, pull out the long johns and start start getting uh, figured out how to keep warm in the in the cold of Canada. But it's summer now up there, so I'm looking forward to it. So as a southerner who's only been at least for work to Canada once, and that was right before the pandemic, which I've got to start going back, but. Um, it was um, it was cold in early December. Then I guess do Bostonians think that Canada's cold because you're kind of cold too. It, it, it's a, it's cold, but it's a different type of cold, right? It's the it's the cold that comes in with, with when you don't have a lot of mountains to block the wind. Uh, it, the wind chill really kind of kicks in. Um, although I, I will tell you, I, I've been prepared to go to Canada. I've uh, I've spent some time up there in prior prior jobs. And one of them was going up to Yellowknife, which is the beginning of the Ice Road Truckers. If you're familiar with that show on uh, Discovery Channel, uh, that's where they start off. And that's where they do things like you have to plug your vehicle in overnight to keep the engine block from freezing solid and the oil to, from freezing solid. So, uh, And if not, they basically come out with a giant propane torch and, and heat the engine block that way. Uh, in hoping that the engine block will heat up before the gas tank explodes. Um, but looking forward to uh, to return up there. Um, you know, I've already got my first uh, first big trip scheduled. So I'm hitting Calgary, Montreal, and Toronto in a week. Yeah. Uh, it, all in one week, uh, scheduled for later in August. But uh, looking forward to it. A great group of folks that I'm going to be working with, as well as, uh, you know, some great customers to get reacquainted with. Yeah. Well, that's great. We look forward to working with you there with Zintegra Canada. It is kind of my shining star. I mean, Zintegra US is what it is, and we've been wildly successful beyond dreams. But I love what the Canadian guys are doing and the way they're going to market. So we'll uh, yeah. we'll be a great partner for you up there. Looking forward to it. Okay. Well, uh, coming into today, we've had some discussion around what to cover today. And um, I think what we decided, uh, and it was a no-brainer really, is to talk about the announcement around – um, well, first of all, it's a blog by Adam Lotz, um, and Adam and I and you go a long way, uh, but Adam's a super valuable uh, resource um, on the technical and business side over at Citrix. And he wrote a blog called Announcing Citrix HDX Plus for Windows 365. You know, I guess you can't really talk about HDX or what us older gentlemen would call ICA, Independent Computing Architecture, which has been replaced with a marketing concept at uh, Citrix and others have done it as well, called HDX High Definition Experience, which includes that beautiful protocol, uh, which is kind of somewhat called the um, HDX protocol these days. But HDX is the marketing term. Well, Todd, I'll let you do it since you work for the vendor. What does HDX mean in general and what does it mean in the context of what we're talking about here? Sure. So, so HDX is kind of a catch-all for a bunch of different technologies uh, that have been designed. Well, first of all, they've been around for almost 20 plus years, um, designed to improve the user experience, the, that high-def experience, right? So think of it, 
you know, some of the things could be audio video improvements. Some of it could be file transfer, uh, speeding that up, making it simpler, um, optimizing some of the user experience overall, right? So being able to do multi-monitor support, leveraging those high-end graphics works, look, workloads, um, optimizing some of the, the channel, uh, you know, the, the sub-channels within, within the Citrix protocols. Um, and ironically, it's one of those it's one of those areas when you think about that high def experience. Um, you, you think of going from a single, you know, a single speaker in your car stereo or your car radio to now all of a sudden you've got your woofers and your subwoofers, and it really gives you that great uh, high fidelity experience. But at, you know, at the same time, you're doing it on the computer, uh, your Windows desktop or your uh, Windows experience. So you probably saw what I put on the screen. I'll do it again now. And I saw Bill laugh. The, when the, when this first happened, the HDX rebranding thing, I heard somebody in a in a conference say beside me the, how bad it was that Citrix didn't trademark it or what have you. Uh, now the Home Depot guys have it. And I had a quick moment of, oh, yeah, that does kind of suck. And then I went to a Home Depot one time and I started seeing all the HDX brand stuff. I don't know what HDX stands for in Home Depot. Do you guys know? It's their uh, their Home Depot store brand. It's their store brand, but I don't know what the acronym stands for. Do you? Home Depot, everything. I guess it's Home Depot, everything, right? Maybe. Could be. But my point there is I heard somebody say that. And I was like, oh, that's too bad. And then I went to Home Depot and saw that it was like the some really good but essential must-have kind of stuff like the HDX toilet paper here. I mean, it's actually yeah. pretty good toilet paper. Um, and, and the reason why I think that is important to bring up is because it – it really does, when you start talking about like Windows 365, how can you use Windows 365 without the essential things that you've always had from Citrix that you still need in that world? And so I, I don't, I, I use this jokingly to bring it up, but HDX needs to be everywhere. If you're doing, you know, if you're doing VMware Horizon on Amazon, having the HDX stuff go on top of that, kind of always thought like I thought it'd be a good idea. Having a Windows virtual desktop, but having the uh, HDX from Citrix stuff on top of that, is like, okay, that takes good stuff and makes it where I really need it to be better. So I'm okay with the HDX uh, concept at Home Depot and at Citrix. Yeah, and, and I think it really solves some of those basic questions that everyone has nowadays, right? You go to, you unbox your, your newest laptop. Um, and the first thing is, yeah, it's got Windows 11 loaded on it, right? But there's a whole bunch of other things that you may or may not need. But then there's some critical things that you do need that aren't included, right? So how do I how do I make sure that this device uh, with the operating system is running at optimal efficiency, right? How do I get how do I make sure that my login experience is not slow? How do I make sure that my application performance is not slow and it actually is better than when I you know when I run it uh, when I run it on my prior machine, which has been optimal. Right. Same thing goes with running it on a virtual operating system, whether it be, you know, a Citrix virtual apps and desktop or DAS solution, or whether it be something as simple as running it on the cloud PC offering from Microsoft with Windows 365. How do I do that optimization so that it happens every single time I log in, every single time I interact with it? Almost like it's automatically optimizing the background and I don't have to worry about it. It's a it's a true set it and forget it. And I get a chance to see, hey, you know what? You've got a slow network. We're going to optimize the network connectivity to improve upon that. We're going to only to change, 
you know, when you go to a, a different device with different video capabilities, it automatically renders and readjusts your screen experience to match what the hardware is. A lot of those capabilities are built into HDX, and a lot of those are built into this HDX, um, the Citrix HDX Plus for Windows 365. And, and you guys can see me doing a couple of things on my screen here. I just launched yep. the HDX monitor from Citrix. I've got, uh, I'm, and I meant to do this for you guys going into the call here, and I'm going to start doing it, everybody, on these, these like Citrix and other calls. Uh, I'm using Zoom offloaded on an iGel all-in-one thin client in my Citrix virtual desktop. And I'm literally doing these podcast recordings from this scenario uh, that we talk about all the time to prove that it does work and it can be a high fidelity experience. Um, you know, I, I think a lot. Well, let me say this and I'll hand it over to Bill. I struggle a lot going into customers like a bank we were Bill and I were with last week going, yes, sir, it'll absolutely 100% work. Man, if I don't have Citrix in my back pocket when I make that comment, I don't know how I make that comment. Bill, what do you think? No, I completely agree. Yeah, I mean, it's really all about living the living the uh, uh, you know living the experience that we are that we are um, that we are selling. And to some degree, we a lot of us do, and we do. You know, I, I do frequently, but not every time. Um, and part of that is is a couple of things that have been corrected. I mean, you asked a question this morning. I think it was this morning on our management call. How many of you all are doing this from a virtual desktop? And I think you might have been the only one. There may have been one other person. Um, and the reason I haven't done it until now is I couldn't blur the background in a, in a VDI environment. Well, that's changed or it's changing. Um, so, you know, it's, it's about making the experience to your point, Todd, kind of like for like from an end, from a physical endpoint to a virtual endpoint. And it's, you know, over time we've gotten, we've gotten to that point and then the, the end, the, the physical endpoint has moved on and then we move on with it. And it's kind of a stair step type game, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and that feature parity is so critical, yeah. right? As yeah. you're as you're bouncing between devices or networks or you know even applications, they want that they want that experience to be the same, um, regardless. <clears throat> and the critical thing there, and you got you've got to think about it is, you know, the days of it being limited of development being limited to specific hardware platforms. Right. It's really over. I mean, yeah. there are there are developers that are writing code without ever touching hardware. They're doing it all in a virtual development environment, and they need to they need to take and extrapolate the hardware layer out of it, right? So that means you need to have optimization tools that are built towards uh, going in and detecting what it has for physical hardware, what graphics cards are there, what the audio performance is like, and what the network performance is like, and adapt on the fly. And be able to have it be done intelligently, so that when I am switching from one Wi-Fi network to another, um, I don't want to have to completely reboot or restart my session to be able to pick up those capabilities. Yeah, and as crazy as it sounds, and I'm a little bit of a strange use case, I've moved this virtual desktop to four different machines this morning, four different places I've accessed it, and sometimes traversing from one web network to another and. You know, I had a moment of pause, but then after that, kicked right in, kept working. Um, okay, so we have to kind of get through this blog and make sure we cover what's in it. Um, so, Todd, this is specifically calling out that Citrix is continuing to advance what it's doing in native Windows, specifically Windows 365, which would be Azure Active Directory, or excuse me, Azure um, Virtual Desktop, ABD. This is the DAS offering from Microsoft. 
which in theory Citrix kind of competed with or does compete with. But at the same time, if you want to bring some of those Citrix capabilities into that native W365 world, this is the path to do it. Uh, Citrix HDX plus for, is there more than just, there's one, what, what are the different options? So, so a lot of the options, Andy, is to, to really kind of take take the capabilities that we have provided with our Windows Environment Manager, Manager or WEM, and really kind of apply that towards a Microsoft or Windows 365 environment as well, right? So uh, WEM does a really, really great job of checking for optimization opportunities within the Citrix or within the user's session, whether it be on a physical device or a virtual device, and kind of making those adjustments and uh, if it, or improvements and optimizations kind of on the fly um, and completely kind of without the user ever having to do anything, right? So it's just monitoring the background and it's checking and seeing, you know, what the network latency looks like, what the, you know, has your graphics capabilities changed? Um, what are, What type of audio traffic are you sending back and forth through? What is the, you know, in the day of everyone using Zoom and WebEx and Teams and things like that, um, you know, where it's replacing an entire phone system, you know, there's a, there's a whole concept in telephony around jitter. And that is the, you know, the rearrangement of packets and the, you know, people's voices are really impacted. You know, what you hear someone saying uh, can be con- incredibly impacted by, this jitter or this loss, this this temporary loss or temporary uh, kind of confusion that, that gets occurred when you're passing packets across the across the internet, right? People people tend to adapt easily to if it's a video signal, it's a little bit wonky. But when it starts being audio, you start running into a lot of problems. People abandon some of these virtual technologies and virtual meeting sessions and revert back to things like cell phones or landlines. Try to find a landline nowadays. But what happens is because you do suffer some packet loss and you do suffer this this jitter, you want to be able to have a solution running in the background that can automatically detect and optimize based on that. So Todd, is this, uh, let me make sure I understand. Okay, so Citrix HDX, marketing terms for all things Citrix end user uh, experience, um, related. Um, so a month or so ago, we did a podcast on WIM, uh, yep. um, uh, environment manager, uh, windows, windows environment manager, right? Yep. Uh, so we did a podcast now and now Citrix in this announcement, what, what specific HDX items are we going to see in the ability to show up in windows 365? If we go to the Microsoft store and add it. Yes. Yeah, so, so I think the three big ticket items here, Andy, is, you know, around graphics, right? Um, the second one is around audio, right? As we just talked about. And then the third one is around supporting those collaboration tools, right? And the collaboration tools can be as simple as kind of all, all fit together. Um, because what we're really talking about is things like, like Bill mentioned, the ability to blur your background in teams or the ability to inject a corporate image behind people when they're using Teams or being able to uh, optimize the audio quality, right? Delivered through, you know, when you get a lot of people on a phone call or on a Teams call, you wanna be able to have the better, you wanna have the audio adjust as needed. Um, and there's a lot of things that are that are capable 
to be able to be shown here. I just pulled up my task manager. I I didn't know. This is my persistent virtual desktop that we're in right now. Um, My non-persistent is a different one I use most of the time. Uh, And I wanted to see if Zentegra, our company, had put a a GPU in here. And we have um, because there is offloading. There is optimization. There's also smart back-end infrastructure. Take all that together in a decent network. I highlight that, a decent network. And all of a sudden, all this becomes very doable. Bill, any, um, any thoughts on the three elements that Todd called out that you should be able to get uh, a little layer of Citrix into your W365 going forward sometime this year? Yeah, I, I mean, this, this is really cool stuff, I think. And it's interesting. I mean, uh, is this is the expectation, and maybe you can't answer this, Todd, that this will kind of supplement the, the Microsoft capabilities or are we going to be replacing some of the Microsoft capabilities? Yeah, so, so I, I think it's more geared towards supplementing, supplementing uh, Microsoft yeah. capabilities, right? So, yeah. you know, if you if you listen to the announcements and there's a video embedded in the blog that yeah. talks about the the announcement that was made at Inspire with Scott Manchester mm-hmm. uh, from Microsoft, kind of talking about you know the partnership that Citrix has had with Microsoft, um, thirty plus years of of having a partnership with them and having developers. You know, Citrix developers sit in Microsoft development offices, and, and likewise, there's some Microsoft developers that sit in our Citrix offices. And that's been and, and sitting in offices is kind of a virtual. Uh, right. Putting up my quotation fingers there, um, because in this day and age, uh, there's a lot of lot more sharing of intellectual property, and you know, working down this path together. Um, the cool thing is, is that you know, we're, we're announcing ahead of time that we're, we're doing these things. Um, we haven't announced a release date yet for this. We know it's coming soon. Um, but I think the, the big thing is, is that for customers who really want to improve their, their user's experience, whether it be, you know, on-prem or in the cloud on any of the, the, the uh, platform providers, you know, you want to be able to use these optimization packs um, as much as possible. So guys, let me ask you a business question. Does this, if it works, justify the $16 billion price tag that somebody just paid for Citrix? Is this that big of an opportunity? What do you think, Ty? It could be. Um, In a little bit of a vague answer here, but it, it certainly could justify some of the investment. Um, I, I think there's some other products that we have that, all, that would also help justify that. Yeah. But it's one of those things where the sum of the parts um, certainly exceed the, the, the whole um, investment, right? So it, it's the partnerships that we have with some of our development uh, ecosystem partners that are out there, as well as the fact that we can always optimize. You know, the, the goal here is that uh, it's not always replacing, it's more improving. Yeah. Bill, what do you think? Uh, I think the, the jury's out on that, um, whether you know, the investment's there. I, and one of the questions that I had when I first read this, even going back a month or so ago, Todd, when they first kind of dropped the teaser about this, is, is this ICA on Windows 365 or is it more about optimizing virtual channels, op, or not virtual channels, but optimizing delivery, um, or is that still an open question? Yeah, I, I think, Bill, it's kind of both, right? So okay. if you look at it, you know, when we took 
and came out with HGX as a, as a brand name, right? right. Or as a feature set. Right. It really was a conglomeration of about 80 different technologies that went in there. Some of them were specific to ICA and improving the ICA protocol. And some of them were standalone features that just, it made sense to bundle them in together. Um, and if you think back, I mean, this was at the same, roughly about the same time we introduced the Citrix receiver, which was that one universal client that could yeah. do kind of everything. And you had little drop-ins that you could that you could turn on within the Citrix receiver. Um, because in the past, I mean, you know, going back to my early days at Citrix, when you when you look at the SysTray, and there would be eight or nine different Citrix agents that would run on there. Mm -hmm. um, some of those were doing optimization. Some of them were focused on the ICA protocol. So some of those features capabilities were just literally agents that would allow me to connect to a VDisk if I'm if I'm delivering my desktop through Ardents, as an example. Um, some of them were multiple network connections, right? So you'd have the VPN client, you would have the single sign-on agent that would be there, you'd have your password manager agent that was sitting on there, you'd have your edge site collection agent that was sitting there. I mean, all of a sudden, you look at your SysTrain and three quarters of the of the icons that were sitting there were all related to the same product. Yeah. And so it made sense to, to kind of condense that into together. Um, and unfortunately it was, you know, unfortunately we, yeah, we, we collapsed that space. Um, but at the same time, from an improvement and efficiency perspective, we only had to go and upgrade that receiver once. We didn't have to go and upgrade individual agents anymore. Um, so it made it made it easier for the administrators, but it also made it a lot easier and more more beneficial to the user. So let me do it like this, Bill. Um, unbiased answer. You ready? Sure. If I were to say uh, Windows 365 Desktop as a Service from Microsoft is a solid strategy all by itself, what would you say? A solid strategy. It's a good strategy. It's a good strategy. Okay, so good strategy. What if I said? Uh, taking the history and the power and the abilities of Citrix on top of that, how did that improve? It would, it would improve. It would, I'd be more inclined to say solid, yeah. enterprise ready. Yeah. For, for the known and more importantly, for the unknown. The unknown as we continue to develop. I mean, to, to Todd's point, you know, the, the evolution of the, of the quote unquote receiver to workspace app, it now includes a lot of, a lot more things than we ever imagined, like an embedded browser, like the web agent, uh, it has continued to evolve and to the extent that that evolution uh, will make its way into this, this HDX plus, uh, then it certainly does position both Citrix and Microsoft solutions as more enterprise ready, particularly the Microsoft. I mean, Citrix is already enterprise ready, but the Microsoft piece um, really being, being used as a more enterprise technology than perhaps Windows 365 has been positioned. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Todd, I have a question on this topic. Uh, this is really focused on, Windows 365, aka the Microsoft DAS solution. Um, where does this, if at all, fit into the AVD native stack of capabilities? Uh, under the same thing. Yeah, it falls under the same thing pretty much. So you can use this with native AVD. Not you don't have to be W365. Uh, I'm not 100% positive on that one, but I would assume that since AVD is really part of Windows 365. See, my assumption from a business perspective, Citrix wants this with W365, but doesn't want to erode the um, AVD native conversation, making that better with 
Citrix Daz. So I, yeah, I bet it's not, but you can tell. And I you. think on, yeah, and I think on top of that, Andy, you know, it really comes down to what are the applications you're, that these users are going to be actually running yeah. inside of Windows, regardless of where Windows is running, right? So whether it's on ABD or Windows 365 or on-prem, it all comes down to the applications, right? What are those applications? What do they need to have optimized? What are their, what is the expectation of the user, right? So if I'm a, if I'm a power user out of a financial trading firm, I'm going to have a different set of expectations if all than the user who all they're doing is connecting into a browser and connecting out to a couple of SaaS apps or web-based apps. Those are different use cases. What's changing now is a lot of those users that are connecting out to SaaS apps or uh, web-based apps have a lot more requirements for performance than they ever have in the past. It's no longer good enough to just connect to a connect to a SaaS-based app with a with the browser. They're going to expect certain things. Those application publishers are going to expect certain capabilities in the browser or in the endpoint that's going to help improve that performance. And and I just did it while you were talking. I just give an example, right? So if you're just if your digital workspace strategy is just a virtual desktop with the Citrix, the power of Citrix to make it a more usable virtual desktop, then fine. Windows 365 plus HDX plus, great, you got it. If you're looking for a true digital workspace strategy that includes SaaS apps and analytics, uh, hosted published apps, x86 legacy apps, if you want to call them that, now all of a sudden you're back in the DAS integration with ABD world. But I think if you look, if you minimize that, Andy, and you look at the, the last paragraph that's on your screen there, the ability to launch the to the launch the cloud PC via Windows365.microsoft.com or via the workspace app itself, along with other content. Now we have the cap we theoretically will have the capability to be able to leverage the goodness that you just showed, the ability to create a digital workspace for apps, as well as that that Windows 365 desktop all from the same place. Yeah. But at the very least, you take two vendors that you trust and know can fix it, help each other, and you at least know you're going to one vendor for us, so one team of two very tightly related vendors for 30 years for a solution. That goes back to my question, Bill. I ask you of, okay, is this one a good strategy or is this one a good strategy? It's clearly the two together to make for a a winnable game, a winnable season. I'll put it that way. Yeah. If you if you told me, Andy, you can take your little toolbox or you can take your utility truck full of tools on the next job site, I'm going to take my truck, my utility truck, which, by the way, I've always wanted to have one of those. I don't have one, but I want one. I want my entire garage to be in a utility truck that I drive around. And when I go to, when I go to do something, it's all right there. And by the way, there's a, there's a whole string of YouTube videos that will do walk-arounds of the way guys, the way service technicians set up their utility trucks. Yeah, it is the most incredible and in, uh, enlightening uh, walk around that I've seen. Yeah, you know, because because you, you don't realize what the important tools are to a mechanic until you actually see how they lay them out and and take them with them, right? Because right. you can't take an entire garage with you. You can take a good. You can take what you, what you need. Yeah, most of the time. And if you if I'm going to get into a VDI fight, I want. I want my Citrix baseball bat in my truck. Yep. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you jumping on and going over this. Uh, Todd, we'll look for more from you guys on 
elements as you guys. I, I do have a question for you. Do you think the other vendors in this space, the main citrus competitors, do you think they'll follow suit? I think they will. Um, it, it's a matter of how how well they're going to be able to follow suit, right? So the other vendors in the space don't have the secret sauce, which is ICA and HGX, right? Um, they're trying to reverse engineer a lot of the things that we do. Um, and the other thing is, I don't think the I don't think those other vendors have the same relationship levels that we have with Microsoft. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I'll add one other thing to get y'all's uh, take on this. I don't know that the other vendors have the need to survive and thrive, underscore the word thrive, without Microsoft, right? You you guys are so tied to them and your 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 yin and yang, your future is your past and your future is so tied to them. I think Citrix has to, and rightfully so, um, play along seriously in this place, this space. Yep, yep. It's, I mean, that's not a necessity. It's not a bad thing as long as you do the right things about it. Right. Yeah. Well, guys, I appreciate it. Uh, that'll wrap up ex- episode uh, 111. Hard to believe that we're at 111 at this point, but uh, appreciate you guys jumping on. Hopefully, Jeremy will join us again next week, and uh, I'll get this posted sometime this week. Oh, uh, Todd, you going to be at the VMware? Uh, VMware. Whoa. Uh, Citrix no. XL in New York uh, this week? <laughs> I will. I will be at the CGCXL event, which is happening on Wednesday uh, at Yankee Stadium. So we get a chance to uh, see the stadium and uh, we're going to be doing some raffles for some great prizes, as well as being able to uh, to raffle off a behind the scenes tour of Yankee Stadium. So there's going to be a 30 person tour uh, to do that. But you're going to get a chance to hear from some of our Citrix industry thought leaders, uh, including Folks like uh, Christian Riley, Joe Kim, uh, a couple of other CTPs that are going to be uh, talking as well as as well as hanging out at a great location and uh, looking forward to uh, joining Centegra at their happy hour afterwards. Oh, you beat me too. I was going to put you on the spot. Make sure you're coming to the happy hour. Yep, happy hour at four o'clock. Um, so looking forward to that. Todd, thanks a lot, Bill. Thanks as always. We'll see you next sure. week. Yep. Okay. Right, Thank take you. care, guys.